This is Tom Atkins. Chris Sarandon. Butch Patrick, that's right, Eddie Munster. Heather Langenkamp. Bill Mosley. Linnea. Jason Mewes. Roger L. Jackson. John Kassir. Thanks for listening to The Swear Wolves. The Swear Wolves. The Swear Wolves Podcast. The fucking Swear Wolves. The Swear Wolves Horror Podcast. Swear Wolves. The Swear Wolves Podcast. Welcome to the Swear Wolves. <laughs> Hello, kitties. It's your old pal, John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper. And today, I have a special treat for you. My good fiends, Brett, David, and Alan of the Swear Wolves. Wanted to send out a special thank you to their listeners. That's right, it's their 100th episode, and they'd love to have me, yours ghoulie, pass on their thanks and disparagement to your listeners. <laughs> That's right, guys, for they have been putting up with you for so long. And, of course, letting you desecrate their ears. <laughs> well, listen, kiddies, please tune in to the swear wolves, but be careful what you ask for. You may get it. <laughs> Werewolves Horror Podcast, the podcast that discusses all things horror. I'm Brett. I'm David. I'm drinking. Oh, I'm Alan. We're all drinking. Yeah. Alan, I got a quick question for what? you. All right. Would you rather <laughs> eat a baby goat or a matter baby? <laughs> a what baby? A matter baby. What's that? What's what? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you can't get very far uh, with me, Mr. Brett. Fuck. Damn it. You should have used it on me. You should have. <laughs> yeah. David. Would you rather eat a baby goat or a matter baby? What's a matter baby? Nothing, sugar. What's the matter with you? <laughs> God, I thought for sure Ellen would fall for it. I thought for sure he'd be a couple beers in. Come on, yeah, yeah. he'd fall for it. <laughs> if anything, after a few beers, my sentences are much heightened. So He's just like, what's that? Like, what's what? <laughs> See the wheels are turning. Ah, <laughs> that was a special request. From, oh yeah, from one of our listeners that I try that <laughs> joke out. 
Awesome. I won't say what listener it is, but she lives with me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, welcome. Guys, this is a monumental day. It's very special. Historical. This, this, it's a where were you moment. Where were you? I was right here. I was also here as well. Ellen, where were you? I'm somewhat here. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh. This is our 100th. I'm one? astral projecting. <laughs> 100 episodes in the can. That's crazy. After we're done with this. That's crazy shit. That's nuts. We've been doing this almost two years. What do you got to say for yourself, Ellen? What else could I have been doing? <laughs> <laughs> it goes by fast, man. It I can't believe it. It's crazy. And uh, to celebrate our 100th episode we have gone to our listeners ask them for some questions if they have any questions for us yep so we will talk about that here in a little bit um we're going to review a movie because we review movies every episode pretty much i think there was one or two episodes towards the beginning where we didn't review Mm -hmm. but since then um but we're only going to review one movie today and it's kind of um in line with an anniversary, this is our 100th episode, kind of like an anniversary. Uh, this movie is The Shining, and it's celebrating 40 years, right? 40th yep. anniversary. So we thought we'd talk about that movie today. And um, was there anything else that you guys wanted to? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, recently, it kind of ties into Stanley Kubrick. He's the director of The Shining. Kind of ties into it. Uh, recently, Ennio Morricone died. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, rest in peace. Um, I think his career was like seven decades. Yeah. Yeah. All kinds of films worldwide. Worked with every great director just about, except for Kubrick. Oh, wow. So a little story. He wanted to work with Kubrick, and Kubrick wanted to work with him. So Kubrick called up Sergio Leone, who was like probably the number one guy that Morricone worked with, you know, with all those spaghetti Mm -hmm. westerns. And... Leone told Kubrick, no, he's busy. Leone cock-blocked? Yeah. Because <laughs> he wanted he wanted Morricone. He should have been guiding his cock. He mm-hmm. wanted Morricone to score uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Oh. Yeah. That would have been neat. That would have almost been. been interesting. And, and it didn't happen because this is the way Morricone told it is because Sergio Leone basically lied to Kubrick, you know, because he just, he wanted him for his movies, you mm-hmm. know? And so Morricone expressed that regret that he never got to work with Kubrick. So we're going to talk about a Kubrick film today. That's a bummer. Yeah. That would have been cool. Yeah. The Shining. Although 2001 Space Odyssey has a pretty awesome sound. It does. Sure. It does. Score right now. I mean, it's like, you know, the thing could have been John Carpenter. It would have been absolutely awesome, but it's it's still awesome with Morricone. So it could have gone either way. Uh, Interesting that you say that. Yeah. Um, Morricone won a raspberry mm-hmm. award for worst score for right. the thing in 1982. Right. Bullshit. Yeah. That score's fantastic. Oh, the the raspberries are ridiculous. Fuck the raspberries. Like, yeah. Can on. you believe that? That's worst bullshit. score? Yeah. That's ridiculous. <laughs> That's crazy. You know, and, and we'll talk about this with Kubrick too. The raspberries, they're, and critics in general, and you see this a lot with films. Well, hold on. We review movies, so. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, but I just want to say <laughs> this right now. critical. Well, no, but. There's, you get a lot of critics, and especially the raspberries, where at the time it just gets, you know, 
negative reviews. Yeah. And then they reassess it 10, later. 20, 30 oh, yeah, years yeah. later. And it's like, and then it's a classic now. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's why never, never put all your stock into critics. Oh yeah. Watch For it sure. yourself, you know, yeah. Form your own opinion. Trust yourself. But listen to us. Yes. But listen to us. <laughs> Unless it's poultry guys too. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. can pretty much guarantee that movie sucks balls. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we, we thank our listeners for sticking with us, you know, yeah, no, yeah, big thanks to all of you. Um, I also wanted to take just a quick moment to thank both of you guys mm. uh, for for doing this. And I look forward, every time we meet and get together, always excited. It's always yeah. fun. Um, I did want to do something for you guys. Oh, um, so <laughs> I did get you something. but Come on! But it's a little bit more abstract. So, ah. you know, we've been talking a lot about conventions and things getting closed and how, you know, we don't really have the ability to go to shows anymore and things are getting postponed left and right. Right. So I was thinking about how do we bring the convention experience to us? Yeah. So I did reach out via cameo to a couple of different people oh. uh, and got uh, uh, some messages for both of you. Okay. But uh, so I thought I'd play those for you. I was about to say, if you Look, want to bring the uh, convention yeah, I was like, experience to us. through the door. <laughs> yeah. You, you no, would... I couldn't do that, unfortunately. Yeah, no, I was about to say, you want to bring the experience to us, just don't shower for <laughs> a couple of weeks and, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll, we'll be right there. But, haven't bathed. But yeah. right in front of us when we're talking to Barbara Crampton. Uh... Yeah, like, oh, hello, Miss Crampton. Yeah. All right. But for uh, Alan, I was like, uh, who's somebody I know Alan really likes? I hate everyone. You do, except for this person. Uh-oh. So. Uh, Who is this? Go. Oh, I think I know. Hey, Alan, it's Linnea. <gasps> oh. And I wanted to tell you, I really, really enjoy Swearwolves. Oh. <laughs> now, David and Brett do a good job, too, but you're sure. really the star of it. Exactly. And there's a rumor going around Uh-oh. that you have sour balls. Oh. Is that true? Can you confirm it with me? Oh, I, I would love to confirm it with you. Absolutely. I like oh. it. It's spooky. I love you. Amazing. <laughs> uh, sour balls, of course, is in reference to demons, right? Yeah. yeah. I would love to confirm it. With or her. Night, of the or Night of the Demons, a movie no. Brett really, really enjoyed. <laughs> <laughs> I did remember that. You know what? I think yeah, that's yeah. one you need to rewatch. Rewatch it. So I'll, I'll do send that, that on episode 200. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Now, Brett, yours was a little more challenging, um, but I think I found someone. Uh, that you like and uh so here you go hey what up jmu saying congrats <laughs> on the 100th episode of the swearwolves horror podcast that's right man with dave and brett or brett and dave and brett you are the one who is the smooch to the nooch hey man uh let me tell you something jason Voorhees. He ain't nothing, man. He ain't nothing but a cock smoker. Right? <laughs> I'm talking about Jay Muse versus Jay Voorhees in a straight... No, I'm just kidding. Seriously, Jason Voorhees is awesome. Favorite game... One of my favorite games on PC right now that I've been playing is Friday the 13th, man. And I'm always Jason. And I'm always taking out the campers, man. Snapping them, cracking them, popping them and such. Popping and locking, man. Um, character in Freddy vs. Jason. Yeah, man, they never called me. I don't know what happened. And I don't know why they thought like, hey, let's just do this. Uh, I guess they thought it was cool, <clears throat> but I'm not sure why they just didn't try to go for reach out and say, hey, we like you, Jay from Jay and Silent Pop, Jason Muse, to play this character. Just but go on, you know, huh? um, they didn't reach out to the Muse. So anyway, they missed out, right? That's what I gotta say. They missed out. Uh, Jason Boris, 
awesome. Jason Mewes, maybe. Sleeping <laughs> the douche. Again, guys, Brett, David, congrats on the 100th episode for the Swear Wolves Horror Podcast. <laughs> Guys, have a great one, man. Much success on the podcast. Have a great one. Throwing out Muse vibes, Muse vibes, man. I hope you guys have a great day, great month, and many years to come, man. And I hope the podcast goes for 1,000 million trillion episodes. Jay Muse saying, Brett, you rock. David, snooch to the nooch. Alan, you don't exist. <laughs> so, yeah. Sorry, Alan. Well, thank you for that. <laughs> By the way, do you have something to say to Alan then also? <laughs> Look, I'll take Linnea. That's all I, that's yeah. all I ask for. So. Yeah, sorry he snubbed you. Nah, whatever. <laughs> Look, you know something about dynamic duos? You guys are the dynamic duo. I'm, I'm just the third oh, wheel. Oh, stop. Uh, so no you knock it off every tricycle needs three wheels there you go <laughs> uh thank you for that hey, that was welcome. awesome <laughs> that was awesome so we are let's talk about the shining first let's talk about um i didn't get you guys anything by the way <laughs> i didn't get anything either hey, it's all good 100 episodes i'm just like oh it's another day your, but your presence is present, present enough, enough yes <laughs> um the movie The Shining, celebrating 40 years, came out in 1980, directed by Stanley Kubrick. Of course, it was based on the novel by Stephen King, but I believe Stanley Kubrick wrote the screenplay. He did, right. yep. And we'll talk a little bit about Stephen King, too. <laughs> uh, stars Jack Nicholson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shelley Duvall. Shelley yeah. Duvall. Catman Scruthers? Scat Catman. Scat the Catman. Scatman Scruthers. Scatman Scruthers. Meow. And then, of course, Danny Lloyd plays Danny Torrance. Everybody, everybody like had their own name. It was like Danny. Yeah. Jack. And then it was Scatman. Scatman. And then Wendy was played by Shelley Duvall. I don't I didn't look up to see what the movie grossed or anything like that. Uh, 46 or oh, just over 46 million. Pretty big hit. Uh, this budget was nineteen million. Yeah, pretty. That's pretty I'm good. Su- I'm surprised the budget wasn't higher just f- because of how long it took to film. It did take a long time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, all yeah. Kubrick movies take forever. That's true. And then like was, elaborate sets, they spent tons of money yeah. on lighting. Well, and and all those interior sets are actually sound stages. Yeah, but they had to light. They I heard they had to spend a lot on lighting to make it look like yeah it was being lit by a snowy. Uh, yeah, uh, he was a guy who got the area. most out of his budget, and he was also a perfectionist. Definitely oh. <laughs> a perfectionist. Although, as I was watching the movie last night, I did notice there were some things that were wrong here and there. Mm. Uh, little, I, I didn't write them down or anything. But when you when you've seen a movie so many times, yeah. then you start watching it and you're like, hmm, I never noticed that in the background. And then they cut to a little continuity errors or yeah, just little yeah. little tiny mm. things. Yeah. So his with the perfectionist um, sort of aspect of him, it, it was more about takes. Yeah. Take after take after take. Mm-hmm. Um, and putting putting Shelley Duvall through hell. Oh yeah. He was he was <laughs> yeah, a very he was, really mean to her. he was very difficult person to work with, but a majority of people who have worked with him were 
very, I don't know if appreciative is the right word, but thankful that they did. They're just glad that they got to work with him. And that he was able to get like the best out of him, you know, in the process they probably didn't really appreciate it. He was such a highly acknowledged director and and he he passed, uh, he passed away, I think it was in 2001, I think, or somewhere around there. Yeah. So he was working on AI. AI. Yeah, at the time. So, so I mentioned, you know, Anil Morricone, regrettably, he said he never got to work with him. But there's a number of people that wanted to, like, everybody wanted to work with him. And only a very select few ever did. Well, since we're talking about Kubrick, I just want to give you my opinion on, on Stanley Kubrick films. Shining aside, a lot of his films that I've seen... Now, now he didn't have, like, a ton of films. No. Mm-hmm. Um but a lot of his films that I've seen... A lot of big films. I generally like the first half, mm-hmm. and then they get a little long in the tooth, yeah. the second half. Full Metal Jacket's that way for me. The, all the stuff at boot camp is awesome. When it gets to Vietnam, I'm just like, ugh, this is, <laughs> this is, a, long, this is a long movie. Yeah. 2001 Space Odyssey, although I like that movie, I generally like the first half of the movie when it's just instrumental. Mm-hmm. And well, it's not the first half, but the first, the beginning of the movie when it's going through the time and you got the, the primates. Yeah. I discovering like the, the monolith. Like the last like 20 minutes or so are pretty weird. Yeah. Well, the whole movie's mm-hmm. weird, but yeah. it's especially weird I, towards the end. I was thinking about 2001 though. That's kind of a horror movie in of itself too, right? Yeah. It's like man versus machine and machine wins. Yeah. A little more sci-fi, but yeah, yeah definitely sci-fi, but you know, it's got that yeah. horror element to it. Like the machine takes yeah. over. One of the one of the best comedies ever made, uh, Doctor Strangelove. He did that film. I, yeah, I with love Peter that movie. Sellers. The movie's so good. He did two films with Peter Sellers, uh, and then of course he did a Clockwork Orange. Yeah, which again I I liked that movie, but it gets a little long for me towards the end. Yeah, and um, with that in mind, though, I was watching The Shining last night, and I know that movie's about two and a half hours long. Mm-hmm. This isn't spoiling anything about my review, but that is a quick two and a half hours. Things start happening in that movie. Yeah. And the first half is slower. Yeah, the second half is where things pick up and get crazy. And that last hour and a half, though, is not long at all. Yeah. Um, so I watched that movie last night, and when it was over, I was like, that... I so, mean, I felt like I watched yeah. a movie. It wasn't like it was like, oh, wow, that just really went really quick. But it wasn't... It didn't feel... Sometimes we'll watch these movies shitty movies and it's like 89 minutes <laughs> yeah, long and you're like oh and god like, i watch this movie forever <laughs> yeah 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 sometimes you know with these with these films that you know two hours two and a half hours uh when it seems like there's nothing going on there's a lot going on mm-hmm. this movie time. especially yeah um there is a lot of setup and there's a lot of buildup but um i doubt anybody who's listening to this podcast <laughs> has not seen this movie so i'm gonna give a brief rundown of the movie but then i want to talk about certain elements that we all like about the movie or maybe elements that we don't like about the movie sure um brief synopsis jack torrance his wife wendy and their son danny are um jack is given a job to caretake for the overlook hotel during its off season its off season is the winter months from october uh, late, late october through, through may, may may first yeah. and yeah. so it's about six months five or six months i think is what mm-hmm. it is what it uh, yeah. ultimately is and it's in colorado and it's in colorado and it's it's their off months only because they don't have the means to, to clear keep, the yeah. roads um so people can get up there so they just close it down and people come in the summertime so they go there he is informed by the guy who runs the hotel 
that the previous caretaker, well, a previous caretaker <laughs> in 10 years prior in 1970 went nuts and killed his family, his two daughters, his wife, and then shot himself. That seems kind of funny too. Cause like the way he's explaining it, he's like, uh, they, um, <laughs> killed his family. <laughs> like yeah. He's, <laughs> yeah. He's trying to sugarcoat it a little bit yeah. to make it seem like not so bad, but he does have to tell him because if he doesn't tell him, he doesn't want there to be a yeah, lawsuit. Yeah, he's got or a something. responsibility. So um, <laughs> he tells him that the guy went nuts, and and Jack is kind of like, "Well, not a big deal. Yeah, that's not going to happen with me." Yep. And, but um, Jack is also looking forward to this because he's a writer, and he wants to isolate himself so he can work on his writing. He's like yeah. isolation. That's exactly what I what I'm looking for. Yeah, yep. it doesn't seem like it bothers him too much. And Wendy, she's just kind of going along with it. She is very much so, and and we can talk about this when we go back, but she's very much so kind of, um, not physically, but she is a beaten down woman. Mm-hmm. She just kind of is the supportive wife, but she is supportive regardless of if he does shitty things or not. She's just trying to help her husband out. Right. She's like, she's just like really supportive of him. And then Danny is just this eight year old boy. But um, it's also known, we also get made known that Jack used to drink. He doesn't drink anymore because a couple years ago he was drunk. Danny was just a little boy Mm -hmm. and spilled some of his papers. And Jack grabbed him by the arm, used a little too much pressure and dislocated his shoulder. Yeah. And hurt him too bad. So uh, he stopped drinking then. But um, he still has that in him. Like he's that <laughs> alcoholic, right? He yeah. still has that kind of like desire. He's on edge. Anyway, so they're at the hotel and they're there for a couple of months. They're kind of just doing their own thing. And slowly but surely, shit starts going south. The hotel is presumably haunted. There's a room in that hotel, room 237, which has a lot of crazy shit going on in it that people are scared of. We also are learn that Danny has kind of this psychic ability. Mm-hmm. Um, and when he meets Scatman Crothers, yep. Dick Holleran, um, he also has he that has ability. ability and they can talk to each other, kind of tell, right. Uh, through Telepathic. Tele- yeah. yeah. Telepathically. <laughs> and, and Danny knows that there's something wrong with the hotel, but, uh, you know, Scatman doesn't really tell him. And he asks him, like, he's like, hey, what's going on with room 237? He's like, nothing. Like, but yeah. stay out. Yep. He says, you're afraid of room 237. And they call the the telepathy that they have, uh, Scatman does, the shining. Yeah. He says yeah. his, his grandma used to tell him he had the shining. And he knows things about people and he can see the future and he can see the past and he yeah. kind of just can, mm-hmm. he just knows shit. Danny starts seeing some shit. He sees the two little Grady girls. Those are the two daughters that a got murdered. A few different times, too, because like the first time he sees them, they're normal, and then it, like, it gets worse and worse, and then eventually he, he does see dead. them dead and with you know blood yeah. and everything. And Jack slowly but surely goes crazy. He starts seeing ghosts. The ghosts tell him that he has to kill his family, basically. <laughs> Chases after them. Um, there's also a big hedge maze out in the back of the overlook. Yeah. Comes Danny into play done, later yeah. on. Yeah. Danny has done a couple of times and, uh, Jack chases Danny out there after he kills Halloran, um, who comes to save him and is there for all the five minutes before he gets killed. <laughs> I feel yeah. bad. Yeah. As soon as he walks in, he's like, all right, I'm here. <laughs> comes all the way from Florida. <laughs> yep. yep. Um, but, uh, Danny leads Jack into the maze and, uh, he loses him. Right. 
Danny does because he knows his way around and he kind of backtracks his steps. Jack gets lost. He's also fucking crazy. It's cold. <laughs> and he's, yeah, he doesn't have a jacket on, I don't think. Yep. And uh, Jack actually ends up freezing to death yep. while Dan- Danny and <laughs> Wendy escape. Yeah. And, uh, and that's pretty much the movie. I mean, that's the story of the movie. But there's so much to it. Like, obviously, oh, yeah. it's two and a half hours. We know a lot of you have seen it. And there's some out there who probably haven't seen it. Yeah. So just to talk about some of my favorite things about the movie. Um, right off the bat, the performances, Jack Nicholson, like tops the bill, mm-hmm. his performance of Jack Torrance. Yeah. But I think, uh, Shelley Duvall's performance as Wendy yeah. doesn't go unnoticed, but it's kind of undercut because Jack is such a prominent, strong right. character and has gone on to other success. Shelley Duvall was successful too for a time period, but her performance as Wendy as being like this timid, protective meek but somewhat intelligent mother Mm -hmm. who's just trying to be the best wife and mother she can be trying to keep things together and she just can't and she doesn't trust jack she tries to um there's there's just so much going on with that character um, Danny Lloyd also does a great job. I mean, he was only eight years old when, when he filmed this movie and I think he does a great job as playing Danny Torrance. Yeah. And those are the three prominent actors. Obviously Scatman Carthers comes into play, but he's not in the movie that much. Um, <laughs> but, uh, those, those three performances, but Jack Nicholson is just amazing in this movie. I mean, hands down. Probably arguably his his greatest role. One Floor of the Cuckoo's arguably. Nest is up there. Yeah, I like Cuckoo's Nest yeah. quite a bit. But um, yeah, arguably this, Cuckoo's Nest, Chinatown. I mean, there's. Yeah, I mean, he's done so many good movies, but yeah. definitely I would probably say that his performance is Jack Torrance. Oh. Uh, that was that, right off the bat. That's one of my favorite things. Uh, what do you got? Uh, David, uh, I like the yeah the performance is really good. I'm a big fan. Like the first thing I think of when I think of this movie is I think of all the tracking shots. Like all the camera work is really really cool. Like right. the camera, Danny's a lot of, riding around on his yes, uh, tons of steady cam shots. And yeah, where Danny's riding his big wheel, and there's a few different scenes where he's riding the big wheel. And again, it escalates every time you see. It's a little bit more disturbing each time he does it. But also like even on those tracking shots, he's going from like hardwood to carpet to throw rugs and like the sound also changes like every time he runs over something different it's just uh it's really cool and uh, like all the camera work is so smooth like throughout the movie and then another staple of kubrick movies that i think you see a lot of in this one is the use of color and like lots of reds greens and yellows and like they you know there's kind of symbolism with each color yeah uh, which i also think is really really cool i love the um the climax, like towards the end of the movie, as it starts to build up and he starts to go crazy, uh, it's just fun to watch. Like the scene where Wendy's got the bat and he's like, Give me the bat, Wendy. Yeah. Like that scene is one of my favorites. Yeah, I'm really, not going like, to hurt you. I'm just going to bash your fucking brains in. <laughs> right. So he says, I'm going to bash him right the fuck, fuck in. in. <laughs> then he's like, God. He there's sticks really, his tongue out. Yeah. Like, ah. <laughs> there's a lot of like brutal stuff going on and, yeah. and like, but it's nothing physical like it's like the dialogue or you know just like these these mannerisms like you know these jack jack nicholson mannerisms you know that just have this impact and he doesn't have to do much but it's just like the facial expressions Mm -hmm. like he's just sitting there in a chair just like staring off like little things like that just 
And Nicholson plays it like yeah. Torrance is a dick. Anyway, right. Torrance yeah. is an asshole to Wendy from oh, the jump. Yeah, he's oh, yeah. always he's grumpy. He's not a good person. Yeah. The the hotel He just wants to work. Like Well, yeah. that and he's just he's just self-centered. Fa- yeah, yeah, say the family and very his son standoffish. are both distractions. Yeah. Like he could He, he doesn't talk to Danny for about half the movie. Yeah. Right. And then finally he's like going insane. He hasn't slept and he's sitting up in the bed and that's when he calls yeah. Danny over. Yeah, come sit yeah. on my come sit on my knee, son. But something about the camera work too when when Jack has the axe and he's swinging it, he's at the door and he's swinging it. The camera is following the axe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Usually you're used to a uh, director, like a fixed shot, just a fixed shot of a swinging axe. But Kubrick just following the axe with that camera. It's just much more intense. And you're now, just do we know how much, following it. how much uh, Jack Nicholson added to the role? Like the here's Johnny. Was that improvised? That, that was, that was Jack. Um, and what's funny about that line is Kubrick almost removed it. Yeah. And it hmm. become the famous, just most too famous, too yeah. funny. Yeah. Like it, there was, I think in, uh, in Spain, they took out that line, like for the Spanish dub, and they just use hola señora no it's, no it's just like it's just like here's here's Está jack aquí. it's just like here here is jack <laughs> in spanish or something like that but you know it doesn't have the same impact um but yeah there was some there was another there's line another, he did there's a the line that was where ad-libbed. the part where she interrupts his work the first time and he's like hey when you hear me in here typing or yeah. not typing or whatever the fuck i'm doing in here like right. mm-hmm. you leave me alone if i'm in this room like leave me alone right. he drew on i guess a story or he drew on his own past of when he was writing and he had a girlfriend that interrupted him and he said something really similar and he, I guess it always kind of haunted him and he always felt bad about it. Like, I yeah, well, he was probably that. writing the fucking monkeys movie because <laughs> Jack Nicholson wrote the movie Head, which starred the monkeys and that movie <laughs> yeah. fucking sucked. Jack, sorry. Some of the, some of the lines... Well, because she kept interrupting him. He couldn't get any work done. <laughs> some of the lines when he's at the bar as well. There's, so this is a, a, a grand hotel. This was filmed at a, at a hotel that's in Oregon. And there's a portion of the hotel... Well, that, that, oh, the interior stuff was all made up. That was, yeah, the interior stuff wasn't the exter- filmed. Right. Just the exterior. No, right. But there's there's a there's a portion of this hotel. No, I'm just saying like the talking hotel. about that grand ballroom. Yeah, there's a there's a ballroom with a bar. I would love to go there. Like I know it's a set, but I would yeah. just love to go there. But some of the lines he said at that bar as well. Like well, he's telling he the story. lived a lot too. He's telling the story about how he hurt Danny. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, it was just a little bit, just, just uh, yeah. one little pr- extra pound of pressure per second, per millisecond, yeah. or something like that. Yeah. yeah, it is good. And even like his mannerisms, like he's sitting there and he's got like a, a whiskey and he's kind of swirling it in his hand. Like it's just, it's cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, yeah. And then when he gets, uh, when he meets Grady, um, <laughs> and he spills the shit on him and they go into the bathroom together and they have that whole conversation, like his, that's when he's like, going I like crazy. that too. Yeah. When you recognize him, he's like, Hey, weren't you the caretaker? And he's like, and, uh, you killed your family. And <laughs> yeah. he's like, I don't remember doing that. No. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of, there's some surrealism in this film as well, at least from my point of view. Oh, definitely. Um, and a lot of people have analyzed this movie. Sure. And overanalyzed And we could go movie. on and on of about course. analyzing it. I mean, I don't want to get too <laughs> deep into it. <laughs> Is it about faking the moon landing? Like, yeah. Come yeah. On. There's a lot come on of, now. there's, yeah, there's a lot of. Um, there is one thing that I yeah. read last night, though, that I wanted to get your guys' opinion on. It's the symbolism. Okay. So as we're watching it, I said to my wife, and I've never read the book. I said to my wife, I go, you know, 
the guy in the bear suit who's blowing the dude. Oh, yeah, that is weird. Yeah. I said, do we ever really figure... There's two things in this movie that I never figured out. Or do we ever figure out what that is about? What's your opinion on that? It's from the book. It is from the book, but I looked it up a little bit, yeah. and there was a, like a whole backstory behind... Uh, the previous owner mm. and having uh, a homosexual relationship with a guy. Okay, that's kind of what I thought. And I thought maybe costume. maybe his wife found about uh, found out about it. Yeah, I'm not. No, it's not the same guy though. I don't think it's not the same character oh, like, okay. as the caretaker. No, oh, it, yeah, it yeah, happened yeah. like that's way right. back. But anyway, I got to reading about it, and there was a there was a guy who did uh, an analysis of this, and in the book it's a dog costume, but in the movie it looks like a bear costume. Yeah. And then he says, there's some symbolism of bears. Um, Danny, when he first gets visited by the therapist uh, at the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. he's laying on his bed and he's got stuffed bears around him. Um, there's a bear, a picture of bears uh, above Danny's bed at the hotel, I believe. There's a bear skin rug. Mm-hmm. There's this guy dressed up like a bear. The theory that this guy has presented is that Jack actually has some kind of disassociative disorder like he does stuff but he doesn't remember it Mm -hmm. and that he physically abuses danny or sexually abuses danny oh and when the ball gets rolled to danny from room 237 and then the next time we see danny he's hurt and wendy accuses jack of doing that Mm -hmm. and jack's like i didn't do anything right that actually jack did and it was in that room that he did it and the when Jack goes into the room to investigate the woman who supposedly strangled Danny, mm-hmm. right? And the woman turns into a rotting corpse. That's Jack coming to the realization that he did do something. And then when Wendy, and that's sees, why he says he didn't see anything. Yeah. And then when Wendy, well, I, yeah, that's a good point. I don't know if that was mentioned, but and then when Wendy sees the 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 furry yeah. blowing the dude, <laughs> that's when she comes to the realization that Jack has been sexually abusing Danny. Oh. So, yeah. I don't know if I buy it. It's just one of many, <laughs> but many, many theories. But it, again, yeah. this movie's been around for 40 years. It's yeah. a Kubrick film, so there's yeah. a lot of Kubrick fans out there. There's a lot of film fans out there. Kubrick was definitely an artist. When you talk about artists being mm. filmmakers, like yeah. he definitely was one. Um, as Alan mentioned before, he wasn't a guy who allowed a lot of mistakes in his movie. Yeah. So one of the things that always intrigued me, though, about that was it was in the book. There was this whole backstory about the the furry blowing the dude in the book. Why did Kubrick even include it if he wasn't going to provide the backstory? Yeah. That yeah, wasn't one a those, mistake. Everything he puts in his movies means something. So that means something yeah. to Kubrick because Kubrick right. didn't follow a lot of Stephen King's novels. And honestly, right? and honestly, nor should he. I know Stephen yeah, King we, had a big issue with, you know, the final product. He didn't like it. He didn't like it. Um, he especially had an issue with uh, Jack Nicholson's character. Stephen King, in his novel, he wrote Jack's character as uh, initially... A nice guy. Originally a nice guy, a normal guy, who, as the story progresses, becomes unhinged and, and on edge and loses it's basically, it. It's basically the overlook possesses him. Mm-hmm. Right. So... When you have an actor like Jack Nicholson, who, you know, historically and famously already looks unhinged, already looks, <laughs> yeah. no, you know, well, yeah. and he's kind of already on edge when the he's movie already starts. on like edge he, as the he's, movie he's starts. He's grumpy very early. And that's actually a point where I, I do. I agree with Stephen King. Like, I think it would have been more interesting to see him like unravel 
yeah. slower. Like have him start as like a real happy go lucky like family sure. guy and yeah. But if you take Jack out, you don't get the here's Johnny. You don't get but some elements the, that really make this. Oh movie, no, don't get me wrong. I still like, like I still like Nicholson yeah, in the role. Yeah. I just wish that but his character had started out a little nicer. It's kind of like apples to oranges kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. But here's the thing. And I guess the hotel is possessed or is haunted. But to, to some theories, it, is, to some theories, yes. it is. But is it Jack's performance of Jack Nicholson's performance of Jack Torrance is more of a guy who just is at his breaking point mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. rather than a guy who is happy go lucky, like fucking Amityville, right? <laughs> yeah. Who goes crazy because he's possessed. He's a guy who's at his breaking point anyway. And this is yeah, just, this just pushes him over the edge that, that breaks the camel back. This isolation and us being in like the cabin theater. Yeah. We can relate somewhat to it because we're getting very limited on the things that we can do. We talked earlier about going to conventions, doing fun stuff, like getting together as our mm-hmm. one outlet. And we have that. But imagine if you were, I mean, I would love it, but five months <laughs> <laughs> in isolation in a grand uh, hotel, getting yeah. paid. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, no cable, no internet. You know, this is back prior to all that stuff. And all you got is, you know, yeah, you're just, and you have writer's block. A few more things before we get to our reviews. Did you guys notice that whenever he was interacting with, I guess you want to call it a spirit or an entity or whatever, there was always a mirror present. And another theory about the mirror is that it's, basically just him just talking to himself conflicting with himself you know yeah uh, i think i think there's there's a group of people who believe that that the whole haunting thing is actually just in jack's head like it's not haunted and but but then she sees stuff at the end she sees stuff danny sees stuff right you kind of have to take that but maybe they're coming to their like maybe they're coming to realizations of their own and but that's that goes back to that one guy's theory about the sexual abuse was that that's just the imagery that they're seeing that's leading them to the certain realizations about what's going on and that makes sense because like jack nicholson like he sees stuff because he's crazy in theory Danny sees stuff because he has a shining. But then when Wendy starts seeing stuff, it's like, okay, well, she's the only one who's not crazy. But I mean, she's, she's also been in there for five months. She, at that point, or however been, long. She's yeah. been through a lot of shit. She may not. Yeah. She's probably not entirely there either. Yeah. Yeah. Know? So there's, there's definitely a lot to it. The other, the other thing about that sexual abuse thing was that makes the whole scene where Jack calls Danny over to the bed and puts his hand on his knee. Yeah. And he's, and he's like holding him and he's like, I would never let anything happen to you. That makes that just all the more creepier also. Yeah. So I don't know if I totally get it. I don't but know either. I, Cause Danny asked like, Hey, would you ever hurt me and mommy? And he's yeah. like, no, never. Why would I would never yeah. do that? There's also a theme of doubles. So you have the two little girls mm-hmm. You have the hotel manager or the, you know, the guy who's telling Jack about the place. Mm-hmm. Um, he says goodbye to two employees and it's, it's two blonde girls. Yeah. Like I think another set of twins and they're leaving. Um, there was, there was something else. See, I'm doing this all in memory. There was something else that's like two of the same kind. Oh, um, well, the mirrors kind of do that, mm-hmm. that dual dual. Yeah. That, there's that. There's also, um, Scatman. Who's at his home in Florida? He's got those two oh, posters. Two naked uh, he's got, ladies. He's got two framed uh, images of of African American women 
um, in the nude. He's got one on one wall and one behind him on the other wall. Yeah. It's just little interesting things that Kubrick did. Just, just yeah, who's his decorator? Just, <laughs> just scattered these little things throughout the film. Yeah. And like Dave pointed out, you know, use of, of color, symbolism. It's just a really interesting watch. And then obviously the music is also there too. Music's cool. And, and the, lack, the lack of music too. Like there's also right. scenes that are, there's no music and it's yeah. just silent. And I think that's also just as effective. So I think to get to my review of this movie, again, you can Google the shining meaning. You can watch the documentary room two, three, seven. You can go through all that stuff. But what I like about this movie is it serves for those types of people who want to find meaning, but it also on its surface it's a fucking good, scary movie. It's a movie that you're like, holy shit. And, and when he goes crazy in that scene on the staircase mm-hmm. and he's chasing him around. And then when he kills Scatman Crothers and when he's chasing Danny through the, um, through the maze, it's just like tense. Yeah. And the, like the blood coming out of the elevators. Yeah. And there's just a lot of cool images and, and flashes of stuff. And like, and like Dave pointed out, all the long shots throughout uh, the maze and the hallways and so everything. So if you just watch the movie just to watch a movie and you just say, I don't really want to think about what the sub- subtext is, you can still get enjoyment out mm-hmm. of this. Yeah. This movie is by far five heads for me. Uh, it There is not, I can't find a flaw in any of the performances. I can't find a flaw in any of the story or or the film making itself and that's all components of it so it is a five head film for me david what about you yeah i really like this movie too this is um this is my wife's favorite horror film so she was really excited to watch it last (laughs) night um she pointed out to me something now i won't ever be able to not see it uh in the first scene where he's meeting uh olman the Mm -hmm. manager of the overlook hotel the whole time he's talking to him and telling him about the events that happened he's got his hands positioned to like uh in a very T-Rex sort of way. Who does? Ullman? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he keeps like, when he's talking, he's moving his hands, um, which I just thought was funny. I was like, oh, I'm sure. And because Kubrick, like, I'm sure there was a reason why he had him positioned his yeah. hands that way. But it just looked. Do you also notice that Nicholson looks at the camera quite a bit? No. Next time you watch it, watch Nicholson's eyes. He looks at the camera. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Especially in that scene. Yeah. But overall, I find this movie like kind of unsettling i don't necessarily find it scary but i find it really cool to look at like i said already the camera work um the shots the performances um i think the ending like the last hour or so is just unnerving and awesome watching nicholson become unglued yeah um the only things i don't really like like the danny like the moving the finger and talking as tony like Mm. i find that a little hokey and a little goofy Mm -hmm. um that's about it. <laughs> I mean, I think it's a really good movie. Um, I'd probably go five on this one too. I was kind of torn between four and a half and five, but it's a classic. I mean, it's one of those movies. Anytime it's on TV, I'm going to watch it. Yeah. In fact, w- before we even decided that we were going to watch this for the podcast, I watched it last week. Oh, and, really? So you've yeah. seen it twice And then when in we picked it again, it's like, yeah, what the hell? I'll watch it again. <laughs> yeah. Um, everything that was already mentioned, but especially the set design. I think we mentioned this earlier too, but that... That is outside of Jack and Shelley. Um, that set is the star, yeah. almost like mm-hmm. nearly like you know. You have set designers um, in films who I don't think get enough credit. You know, obviously you have directors and stars and that sort of thing, but um, and even composers. But th- this set design was 
was out of this world. Like it's just one of the best set designs I've ever seen in a movie. And it, it was nearly the starring role, like, you know, outside of having a human being being a starring role. <laughs> um, it's a five for me. Yeah. So, I mean, that's fives across the board. This, I mean, like I said, nobody who's listening to this hasn't seen it. And if you haven't seen it, I think there's a few people who haven't seen it. All right. Well, if you haven't seen it, <laughs> I'm sure there is. Get off your asses. <laughs> Go see it. You know, a little side note, there's a guy at my work, he don't know who Sylvester Stallone is. Yeah. <laughs> what? So, so there's young people out there. There's, How old is that guy? He's like early 20s. Did you do your Stallone voice? Hey, yo, come on. You don't know who I am. <laughs> sort of like Jackie Mason. Uh, you don't know who I am. Come on. <laughs> you don't know what I'm doing here. Hey, yo, come on. All right. Whatever. So, review aside. Let's get into the 100th episode spectacular. <laughs> Bring out the dancers. <laughs> yes. Yeah, right. Get the band. Strike up the music and yep. the dancers. Yep. Hello, listeners. Do you like scary movies well the swear wolves are at it again they're playing a little game like i like to and if they answer correctly they live but if they answer wrong well we may have to cut some of the personnel we put out uh, feelers to our audience and said, Hey, if you have any questions for any of us or all of us, you can drop us a line. You can call us, leave a voicemail. I know someone did that. You can email us. You can direct message us on our social media. And we did get a few questions. So, uh, one, one question that we got through a voicemail, uh, was from our listener, Christy. Uh, let's go ahead and play oh, yeah, that. Play that. Sure. Hey guys, this is Christy, your longtime listener and huge <laughs> fan. You knew I'd have to call. Anyway, I just want to say congratulations on making it to 100 episodes. Yay! Uh, the Swear Wolves podcast is my absolute favorite, and I hope you guys continue with it for a really long time. Uh, the question that I have, and you may have already covered this in an early episode, and I just don't remember. But how long have you guys been friends? You all met through pinball, right? Anyway, I love, love, love the swear wolves and fuck Trump. (laughs) (laughs) She's got that lovely Georgia accent. She does. I I was thinking, I was like, before you played it, I was like, I wonder what her voice sounds like. And then I was like, she's from Atlanta. Or Athens, I think. Athens, yeah. Yeah. That's right. Um, She's probably got a southern accent, and she did. She did not disappoint. Um... (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, we've, let's see, we've all known each other, I collectively, probably about, what, five years? Yeah, Six, something, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, probably, yeah, probably something like that. Six years. We don't go way, way back. I think when we started, it was probably around two and a half years ago when we started hanging out more. Yeah. Um, we had known each other. We had met each other through our collecting hobby of arcade games, pinball machines. I think it was from like the repair parties. Oh, I think too. I sold, I met Brett, I sold Brett a video game. I sold you a Phoenix yep. arcade game and you came over here and picked it up. Yep. And David and Alan and I were active on uh, the arcade forums 
and we'd kind of like kind of knew the same circle of people. We knew people yeah. who knew people. And, mm-hmm. and yeah. I remember I saw Alan at a convention, uh, at a horror convention once. I was like, oh, cool. Alan likes horror movies too. Yeah. yeah. And then I remember I had seen David posted a video on YouTube of the making of his uh, bookcase. And I had brought that up to him when I came over to pick up the Phoenix. I was like, oh, yeah, I seen that video. And you're like, oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, should I ask him if I can see it? And I was like, do you mind if I take a look at it? And you're like, no, no, not at all. Come on in. And so you showed it to me and you showed me your arcade at the time. You had games everywhere. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) There was a time where, yeah. (laughs) And then then you came down to my side of town because David lives on the opposite end of the world from me. (laughs) But you came down to my side of town in Gilbert for that arcade. Yeah. Uh, arcade 85. One That's time. right. Yeah. And I saw you there and I was like, hey, how's it going? Remember me? And you're like, yeah, sure. <laughs> and that was about it. <laughs> I remember and then, and then uh, David had a party over here one time and he invited everybody over to play. Uh, we had a Donkey Kong uh, championship mm-hmm. and I ended up winning. Yeah, you did. I uh, lost. By the way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, and then you were like, oh, you can hang out as long as you want to. And some other of your friends came over and I remember just hanging out here like all night drinking, (laughs) not your father's root beer and (laughs) getting wasted. And, uh, (laughs) we were playing warlords for dollar bills. Oh yeah. But, um, but yeah, that's kind of when we all started talking. And then, like I said, about two and a half years ago, we went to, or David said, Hey, there's this horror convention. Do you guys want to go? Cause I want to go and I don't want to go by myself. Yeah. And, uh, I was like, sure. And Alan was like, sure, I'll go. And so we all decided to go. Yep. That was it. Hand in hand. And then, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're like, we're going to be trapped in a car for 12 hours or so. For, yeah, there and uh, back. There and back. So, yeah, we'll find out if we're, <laughs> if we're compatible. compatible. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's pretty much how we met. That's how long we've known each other. And, yeah. and I guess, like I said, we've been friends for, uh, closer friends for about the last two, two and a half years. Yeah. Definitely more closer since we started the podcast. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because yeah, we talk to each other quite often. We do lots of texts. Oddly, oddly <laughs> enough, though, we rarely talk about horror, except for like what we're going to discuss, like movie-wise. But we don't discuss horror because we want to save it for the podcast. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, so that's what's kind of hard sometimes. Yeah. Awesome. So that was the first question. Um, we got another question. Uh, did you have another question? Uh, you got through, like, I didn't really write. I mean, I wrote down all of them. I didn't have them in oh, any okay. particular order. Um, I'll cross them off as you go along. There was one. Uh, what are your five favorite horror movies? Who asked that one? Did you write that down? Uh, we need to know. Yeah, that was uh, Mike via Twitter. Okay, so Mike on Twitter asked, what are your five favorite horror movies? Well, we're going to let Alan go first on this one because I want to hear his. Well, this is really tough. Well, it, he had a two-parter. It was your five favorite horror movies and what's your favorite decade of horror? Oh, okay. And that's a good question. Um this was really tough. I, it's always changing. I mean, I'll watch something new and, you know, just kind of like the mental list in my head, you know, just kind of the rankings. It's just kind of a mess. Mm-hmm. So I did it this way. Um, I really like Jalo films. My absolute favorite, probably like arguably it may change cause I'm always watching them. It's like my favorite subgenre of horror, but, uh, Tenebrae, 1982, Dario Argento, um, great film i'm counting them off by the way so you don't go over no i'm not gonna go over. <laughs> um, <I am. laughs> creature feature like something with like a creature a monster um the thing uh, also 82 carpenter um 
favorite 80s like just shit fest just all out like dumb fun like chaos whatever again these are just like categories i thought in my head this isn't like all-time top five but just category categorized um demons um lamberto bava i think that's 85 um and favorite slasher i thought what's a what's a really good slasher that i like um and it's got to be maniac 1980 uh by william lustig arguably my favorite slasher i mean there's some good ones but that one is just the tops uh and then i thought well what's like a really good classic that i like um just like all around you know influential you know just all-time classic and i i really couldn't decide on Texas Chainsaw Massacre or Dawn of the Dead. Like, I just, I can't choose. Like, so, I mean, I guess I'll just go with Texas Chainsaw Massacre because I gave that a five and I gave Dawn of the Dead 4.5. But, I mean, it's really tough to choose top five films. It really is because there's so much that I left out. Um, those were just ones that I just thought of as far as, like, categories. So, What's your favorite decade? Favorite decade is the 70s, and I'll tell you why. No, he didn't ask why. He just wanted to know. <laughs> no, I'll, t- I'll tell you why. I know you will. I'll tell you why. Fucking Christ. What? <laughs> Fucking Mike. It's fun. Ba- okay. Block him on Twitter. <laughs> so, here, so here's the thing. Uh, the 70s, that decade was so unique. There's so many great films that came out. Um, I got to look at this list. Invasion of the Body Snatchers, Exorcist, Jaws, Halloween, The Omen. Um, there's a Japanese film called House that I've seen that's really good. Um, it's just a deep red Suspiria, uh, the seventies, I think was a more consistent decade for lots of great films. There's also some not so great films, but it really had kind of its own identity as far as taking what we had in the sixties and then taking it to another level. And then when you go into the eighties, you got a slasher boom, but it kind of just fizzled out. So definitely the seventies for me. Okay. So I didn't really go by category. I just kind of went gun to my head, name movies, uh, one, two, three, go. Um, uh, back to the future. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Leonard part six. Oh, shit. <laughs> part, ghost Dad. Like, those are Bill Cosby movies. I'm like, oh, God. Ghost um, <laughs> um, So I wrote down, and I'm going to cheat a little bit. I wrote down seven movies. So, oh, God. so I fuck ah. off. Uh, but in no particular order, um, these are the, the ones that came right off the top of my head. And that was uh, John Carpenter's The Thing. Halloween, Scream, which really, uh, like when horror started making a comeback, was the movie that kind of like re-sparked my interest in the genre. Um, Dawn of the Dead, The Exorcist, Night of the Creeps, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Night of the Creeps, I guess that'd be my like my uh, guilty pleasure. Yeah, well, I'm not. I, I I'm not proud. <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> that's just a, a really, how is it a guilty pleasure if it's not that bad of a movie? No, I just think I know, it's a, I, I just picked it because like it's not normally like in the discussion of some of the other yeah. films that I've mentioned, but mm. I think it's just a ton of fun, and that's a movie I just I love. I have one like that. I love on my watching, list too. and I love like exposing other people to it. Like yeah. you've never seen Night of the Creeps. Yeah, here you go. You're welcome. Yeah, I have one like that on my list too. What's your favorite decade? Uh, decade. I'm gonna go 80s. I agree, Alan. Though the 70s, like as far as like gritty like edgy like uh they just took it up a notch i think i just think it was more consistent but i just find that oh yeah i 100 percent agree with you i just find the 80s more fun uh, and there's a lot of garbage mm-hmm. uh, but i also enjoy some of that garbage uh so i'm gonna go 80s on decade yeah so uh my five favorite horror movies and i kind of went along the lines of what david did it's just like 
name your five favorite horror movies, and these are the first five that came yeah, out. I, I couldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> it was like 50 entered my head. <laughs> and much like, much like you guys, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is uh, on that list. Uh, Jaws. Alien. The Fly. Mm. And then my off-the-wall one, Friday the 13th Part 3. Yeah. 3D. Nice. That's one of my favorite, like, go-to. That's a lot of fun. Like, I could watch that movie over and over again. And then my favorite decade for horror would have to be the 80s also. Mm. And I don't disagree that the 70s were good and influential and probably better movies. But Alien was 70s, too. The Yeah. Well, yeah. And so was Jaws and so was Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Right. So. But I think what the 80s brought to me... It was your childhood. Was my childhood. Right. Yeah, no, that's that exactly sense. it. And that I, that's sense. the decade I grew up in. That yeah. And that's sense. the decade that I found horror films. And Same. Yeah. So that's that. So good question uh, from Mike. Um, Will, our longtime listener, Will, asked a question. He said, what is your most... What do you think are the most overrated things in horror? Whether it be film, tropes, images, etc.? As far as like filmmaking elements, I think it's just like, what do you think is the most overrated thing? Like in horror films, like you could say a certain filmmaker you think is overrated. I struggled okay. with this question, but for me, I just went with um, a trope that drives me crazy. And I've talked about in several episodes is the, the jock, the <laughs> slut, the, uh, the virgin, the stoner guy, yeah. uh, the nerd, uh, and having them all be the very best of friends and going camping together. I just think it's tired. Like just yeah. get people that make sense that have chemistry and make them be people that get murdered. I think the most overrated thing in horror films is the idea that they have to be scary. I don't think horror has to be scary. I think it can be disturbing. Yeah. I think it can be shocking. I think it could be something that is totally foreign something you've never seen before, like just something just surprising. But I don't think horror needs to be necessarily scary. Yeah, I think I would agree with that. All right, I took this a little bit different, and this is going to be very controversial, <laughs> oh, so shit. I'm prepared for it. Um, the first part's not going to be controversial. I, I, don't, I think PG-13 horror movies are overrated. <laughs> there was a trend in the early 2000s of like these PG-13 horror yeah. movies. And it was usually remakes of uh, Japanese horror films. Yep, yeah, yeah. Like the Ring films. and mm. The and Grudge. Like, yeah, and it was like, oh. But I I named two filmmakers Ooh, shit. that I think are overrated. And Can I guess one of them? Yes. Eli Roth? No. Okay. No, you'd have to be rated to be overrated. Oh, shit. Zinga. <laughs> um, no, I like Eli Roth just fine. Um, it's not to say that they didn't make good films. Yeah. I just think that people put them on too high of a pedestal. Oh, oh you're going to piss Alan off. <laughs> I'm going to piss a lot of people off. Probably. Uh, one of them is Dario Argento. Uh-huh. And the other one is Wes Craven. Okay. I think those two people, uh, Wes Craven probably even more so than Argento is that I think people are like, he's the godfather of horror. And I'm like, nah, he's not. He no. is not, a, in my opinion, he is not a master of horror. He did. Shaka. <laughs> but I mean, he did Nightmare on Elm Street 1. Okay. That was good, I guess. Yeah. And then he did Scream. Yep. 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it would like, be, yeah, it would be fair to say that if, if, but you would have to see a number of his movies before you can say that. I mean, I've seen. How many have you seen? Well, name off his films. I'll tell you if I've seen. Well, them I mean, or not. I know you've seen Bird. I know you've seen Suspiria. Oh, oh, Argento? Argento? I thought yeah. you were talking about Wes Craven. Oh, yeah, I thought you were talking about Wes Craven too. Yeah. Um, I've seen. Have you seen Deep Red? I don't think so. I mean, have you seen Cat of Nine Tails? No, no. But that's well, why I said but more I so saying, was going Wes off the classics. Four yeah. Flies on Grey Velvet. I mean, these... I'm, I'm going off of the fact that everybody for the longest time said you need to watch Suspiria, and I watched Suspiria, and I was bored to tears. I mean, yeah, I mean, Suspiria is not your typical horror movie. I mean, it's. It, I the, saw Tenebrae. I, I like mean, that one. I mean, Suspiria is a lot of like surrealism, and it's kind of an art film. I mean, it's you know different strokes for different folks. I exactly. Mean, yeah. So, that's that. <laughs> that's the way I took it. But I also dislike when they have beautiful people. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's I think right. That that pisses me off. <laughs> Another question. This is from Osver. Yeah, Osver. Osver. Um, which beloved horror movie do you just not enjoy? I'll go first because I kind of just named it. Uh-huh. Suspiria. Suspiria. Um, but the other one that I was going to mention was Demons. Although. I don't know if it's beloved. Beloved, like what are we By talking Alan, about? It was in his no. top five. <laughs> but yeah. what are we talking about? Like public what? perception, yeah. like Entertainment Weekly top ten list. No, I, I mean, I just think like I, I took it as what are films that are considered by most most horror fans would say that they dig that you don't. Yeah, that's what I did. So that's why I named Suspiria. Yeah. Uh, I'll give you three. Okay. <laughs> um, and it's funny because when I saw the question, I was like, oh, I really can't think of any. Yeah. And then once I thought of one, I was like, oh, now I can think of a couple more. Yeah. Uh, Phantasm. Oh, yeah. It's boring. Oh. Is that beloved? Yes. I think so. It's a classic, but it's boring. <laughs> it's boring as um, fuck. Paranormal Activity. Meh. It's okay. I like that movie. It's all right. But like when that movie came out, everybody was like, oh my God, this movie's so movie so scary. That movie scared the shit out of me. Yeah. Spoiler alert. That movie scared the <laughs> shit out of me. Uh, and The Blair Witch Project. Again, that movie scared the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah. Meh. Um, so you don't like uh, found footage films? Not generally. I think probably it's a, probably a tie between the original Friday the 13th and the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. yeah. I just think some I of the sequels that. are better. Yeah. I, I totally agree with yeah. you, actually. Um, and that goes back to the whole Wes Craven thing. It's like, Nightmare on <laughs> Elm Street, yeah, I created Freddy, but it wasn't definitely the best Freddy movie. It's not the best. Yeah. And, and Friday the 13th, the first one, I could take that one or leave it. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's middle of the pack at best. Yep. Exactly. Um, more along back onto our podcasting. Uh, this is from Brody, longtime listener, first time caller. Um, <laughs> when and how did you guys get the idea of starting the horror podcast? Well, we already said about two and a half years ago, we went to um, Son of Monster Palooza together. Mm-hmm. And then the following summer, yeah, probably like June or so. Yeah, we went to Mad Monster Mad Party, Monster Party, Arizona, <laughs> and we were waiting in line for Robert England for a very, very, very long time. And at the time, David and I had been listening to a lot of podcasts, and we were talking about it, um, kind of going to Son of Monster back to Son of Monster Palooza. That kind of reinvigorated me into like this being more of a hobby, like horror, because I've always liked horror movies. But I definitely was like, I need to go to more of these conventions. Mm -hmm. And I started listening to some horror podcasts. Some of them were good. Some of them not so good. Yeah. And that's kind of what we were talking about, too, because I was like, hey, I'm trying to get into horror podcasts. And like, 
there's a couple that I enjoy, but, like, but most of them are awful. Like either yeah. I find them, the hosts boring yeah. or the production is terrible and it sounds <laughs> like shit. I was like, I, I think I even said like, I just, I feel like we could just the three of us bullshitting in line for a couple, you know, several hours. I was like, we could do something like this. Yeah. And I had been thinking the same thing and kind of was like, we should just do our own podcast. Yeah. And then we we're like, okay. why don't, why don't we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. And so, and I just remember the first day that we were recording, like we had ordered these microphones, like Alan and I, and David already had a microphone, a good one. And Alan and I ordered these microphones <laughs> and they just didn't work. I forgot about oh, that. I remember. Yeah. That. You guys we were like, got a couple of uh, kind of cheapy microphones. Yeah. yeah. And we we're like, fuck. So we went down to the music we store. We got my car and we're like, all right, we're going to a music store and buying some real mics. Yep. <laughs> and we told the guy, we're going to do podcasting. And he's like, use these mics. And they're the same mics that we've been using the entire time. I think yeah. you, didn't you buy it? Uh, I end up switching. I actually had, um, I still, well, I still have it. So if we ever have it, like a guest, that's like the spare mic. Yeah. Um, it's a more expensive microphone than the ones that we use. And I actually like the sound of these ones better. Yeah. So, and we got the uh, recording equipment and, and everything like that. Yeah, it's so. fun. Yeah, it was it was fun. It was just like we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. And when and when we first started, we had like a whiteboard and we would like <laughs> kind right. of plot out like, okay, we're gonna talk about this first, then this, then this, then this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now we just hit the record button and go. And then the other thing that we changed was we used to, or for a time period there, we were picking three movies an episode. God. That's right. It was exhausting. And we would record three episodes a day. I don't know how we did that. So we'd have to watch nine movies. <laughs> and like, it's bad enough sometimes watching six. Yeah. Like, like this last time we only had to watch five <laughs> and I was like, whoo, that's God. easy. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. Cause I usually put it off. I do too. <laughs> oh yeah. I try to do it right. Like leading into the days. Yeah. So anyway, so that was, that was <laughs> that. That's how we got the idea of starting. And then, you know, I mean, Alan, you know, being a horror aficionado, you know, we needed him. <clears throat> yep. And, and a professional to boot. <laughs> yes. Sometimes I got to put this place on my back. <laughs> Another, uh, <laughs> yep. Just like James said, Oh wait, he didn't even mention you. Um, <laughs> uh, Another question that's kind of a, a tag on to this one was what were some of the names that we were going to call the podcast before we came to the swearwolves. That's right. So I feel bad because I had all of these written down and I was like, oh, I got that in my notebook. And I went over to my old notebook and that page was torn out. So oh. I don't know where I put it. So I just Might went off. safe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Next to my birth deposit. certificate yeah. and my gold bars. Yeah. I remember one was like <laughs> assault on podcast 13. Yes, that was one. Um, so I kind of went off. The memory. last so, podcast on the left. Yep. So, oh, yeah. and, and what was funny was we had a bunch of ideas and then the first thing we would do is like, if we liked one, we would look and see if it was already taken. And there were several that were already taken. Yeah. Um, so the, some of the ones that I remember, let me know if you guys have other ones. Um, but, um, I had chew bubblegum and podcast, mm. oh, yeah. uh, pot of the dead mm. channel X. Mm-hmm. And then which one did you say, Alan? Uh, assault on podcast. Yeah, that was one. Were there other ones? I'm sure there, uh, there was like a whole long list. Yeah, it was like one off of like the people under the stairs, like the podcast under the stairs, oh, yeah, or that's some right. shit like that. Um, it was a lot of like just puns. Some, puns some, and, some were taken too. There were a like lot pun, of them were. puns and like plays on things. And I think we all kind of decided like we don't want to pick anything that has the word podcast in it. Yeah, let's just pick something that's. And I remember you a, wrote the Swearwolves, and I had seen. Um, what we do in the shadows. What we do in the shadows, but I didn't put two and two together, and I was like, "That's fucking awesome." 
Yeah. And then you're like, it's from what we do in the shadows. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck what's it, what it's from. <laughs> that just sounds cool. It sounds cool. That, yeah. And that was a universal. I feel like when, when we all shared our ideas, when we went down the line, I think pretty much right off the bat, we we're like, yeah, that's the one. Yeah. And it was just easy because then we could just say like, well, we, we're going to cuss. People yeah. know what they're getting. Yeah, exactly. Right. And the thing that I always thought was we have the website, the swearwolves.com. So if what we do with the shadows ever wanted to make a swearwolf something, like a spinoff. They have to buy, they <laughs> they have have to buy the URL from us. <laughs> yep. And so we'd get a lot of views. There you go. So, and you know, it's kind of like, it's a nod to that movie, which is a really good movie, but it's also kind of under the radar. Like people don't always know that it's a nod mm-hmm. to that. So. Yep. And we are the swearwolves. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another question from Christina. What is your favorite part of podcasting? I, I can answer this first. For me, it's the fact that I can get together with my friends and just hang out for a few hours every few weeks. You know, especially now, and it was really hard when we were doing this from our homes because we weren't in the same room. But it was still nice is that just for these five hours that we record, our three episodes yeah. or however long we ended up being here, is like we can just talk about shit. And it's not always about horror movies. Sometimes we just get in laughing fits and we start talking about (laughs) some bullshit. Mm -hmm. And it's just fun to like have friends that you regularly, the older you get, the less you'd hang out with your friends. Yeah. You know, I, I, when I was in my twenties, it was like every day, Friday, Saturday, and even on Sundays, I'd go out with my friends Fuck that. (laughs) and I'd go out to bars and I'd do partying and all this other kind of stuff. It's like, I'm an old man now. (laughs) I got a family. I got a wife. I I have friends that I don't see that as often, but then it's like, I have my friends that I podcast with and I get to see them on a regular basis. So that's my favorite part. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can agree with that. Also, you know, just having a, a platform also just to, you know, like what Brett was mentioning, just kind of just shoot the shit and speak your mind and, you know, you don't always get to do that. I'm, you know, I'm not, people know this, I'm not on social media, but it's nice to have an outlet, you know, outlet, uh, you know, once a month, once or twice, uh, you know, where you have a microphone, you can just, you know, say what you feel. So yeah. that's another aspect. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I love getting together with you guys. That's the biggest one for me. And then I also like how doing this has forced me to like diversify, you know, some of the movies that I watch and you know, it's got me watching stuff that I normally wouldn't and checking out new movies. Basically every week I'm watching something new. Uh, I like that. Or revisiting. Yeah. Yeah. And looking at stuff through a different lens. And then I also just really like, um, kind of the opposite, uh, Alan, uh, just, I I enjoy some of the social media aspects of it too. And like interacting with some of our listeners and, you know, sending messages back and forth and stuff. I actually really, really enjoy doing that. And I think that's a big part of it too. And, you know, I know Alan's not, on the social media stuff as much. I don't got time for that. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, I, I do the Instagram, David does the Twitter and the Facebook. Um, and when we get those messages from people, you know, I got a message from somebody on Instagram the other day and it was, are you guys going to make shirts? Hmm. And I think this was from graves or the graves. Forget what he goes by. Anyway, he says, are you guys, do you guys have shirts? And I was like, no, we don't have shirts. It's something we've talked about, but you know, we don't know how many people out there would buy a (laughs) swear shirt. And it's not like we'd do it to get any type of money. We got extra hats, I think. Yeah. 
but uh, he says, if you ever do shirts, I will buy one. That's cool. And it was just like, well, that's kind of nice. Like it's somebody awesome. who doesn't know us is listening to this and found us. Yeah. I love you know what like I mean? That. Like yeah. it's one thing to have, you know, my wife and my kid listen to it. Yeah. And they're like, Hey, good job. But <laughs> <laughs> when it's a total stranger or somebody you don't know, they're like, Hey, I really, yeah, I really I s- dig. I really dig what you do. I sought you out and I still listen to you yeah. <laughs> despite the fact that I have no connection to you. Yeah. So, so that, that, that makes you feel good. Agreed. I so. think those were all the questions that I had. Did we have any more? Uh, I got one more, and this one uh, came via email, and this was from uh, Eric. Uh, special shout out to Eric. Uh, oh, in yeah. addition to sending us questions, he also sent us uh, a like a code to get uh, pizza. So yeah, right before we started recording this episode, we ate ordered and ate said pizza. So <laughs> yeah, thank, thank you, thank you, Eric. Eric actually has a question for each of us. Oh shit! <laughs> and uh, Brett. He wants to know when is Polar Scare going to be released? <laughs> Dude, as soon as the Sci Fi Network calls me up. <laughs> Polar Scare. And then the sequel, of course, is Malrus. Malrus. <laughs> Malrus. But yes, uh, as, soon as, as soon as Sci Fi Network calls me up and offers me some money, I will write it. It'll be done in a week. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Uh, Alan, his question for you is Did you ever get that copy of Django on I Blu-ray? did. I did. I did. Um, Shout out to uh, Diabolic. They are a uh, distributor, movie distributor, and they put up the pre-order after, I think it's like been almost two years. I'm like, done. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's one of the best movies ever made, in my opinion. Definitely one of the best spaghetti westerns. Franco Nero. Are I you happy it. with your copy? Absolutely. It's the LE. Nice. Yeah. Like, there's only so many of them. It's a great film. <laughs> Didn't you have it in your hands? No. At Zia? Or they had them at Zia or something? They had them, but then the... They couldn't uh, sell them. They got recalled or something, right? They, well, there was a uh, there was a rights dispute between Blue Underground, who had the rights before oh, yeah, Arrow, right. and they put the kibosh on it. And they couldn't give it to you. But, but Zia had them at the store, and they he was going to give you one. Yeah, they had them. They had so, to send it back. But then someone came in and was like, no, nah, you can't sell that. Yeah, Sorry. I mean, I no, I understood. Sorry. You know, I used... I used to work there, so I, I understood completely. You know, I'm not going to be one of those customers who just throws <laughs> yeah. a fit. You yeah. Know? So, um, yeah. but yeah, I got my copy. Love it. Okay. And his question for me was if, if I'm interested in buying his copy of Lords of Salem. I am not. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for your question. Oh, God. No, I think I have it. You could you could buy it. I think I had to buy it just to destroy it. Let me tell you something. You talking about overrated filmmaker Rob Zombie? No, it, I do have it because I think we talked about this in the episode. Was I you let somebody? I let somebody borrow it, and all I had was the sleeve. Ah, yeah. So, so then I had to go it buy it because it wasn't streaming yeah. anywhere at the time. Yeah, so, yeah. So I bought it twice. Yeah, I think <laughs> I bought it too. I had to buy it too. <laughs> Sucker! I fucking hate that movie. <laughs> Not a very good movie. Um. Yeah. You know, Alan. You might Definitely be right overrated. You might be right with that. <laughs> Although I do like me some House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects. It's like when you, when you're batting two out of six. Yeah, and I like his original well, Halloween. I mean, that's three thirty three batting average. Uh-huh. <laughs> if you were in the major leagues and you hit three thirty three, you'd be. There's no master of horror, though. No, no, he's definitely not a master of horror. Um, not like me. I'm a fucking master of horror. Yeah, horror, ma- horror master. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> How many people do you know have come up with Polar Scare? Well, that's, that's pretty <laughs> good. Walrus. It's pretty good. And a hundred podcast episodes. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, John Carpenter. Where's your fucking podcast? <laughs> <laughs>
John Carpenter, please come on our podcast. John Carpenter has more fans of his shits than we have on our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yes. Uh, but anyway, what else do we... Uh, is, that, is that it? Yeah. <laughs> so That's it for episode 100 in the books. Here's to 100 more. Yeah, I was thinking about that too. What's I was up? like, because it's not that I want to stop doing the podcast. Don't get me wrong. But I was like, at what point do you just stop? <laughs> yeah, when do you retire? Because we do this like just for fun. Yeah. And this is just like a hobby. Obviously, we don't get yeah. paid. We invest way more into this money and time uh, than anything. But it's like. Yeah, I was kind of hoping somebody would ask us, what's our least favorite thing in podcasting? <laughs> like Time consuming, not necessarily cheap. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> Star- no, staring at a shelf full of really good movies and then some okay movies and then looking at the one movie you have to watch that's like <laughs> yep. a really shitty movie and you know it's <laughs> shitty but you have to watch it for the podcast yeah that um but it's like am i gonna be 60 and we're gonna be like yeah, I don't know. all right i mean because there's no shortage of movies no like there's no They're way it's gonna keep coming we could do this until we're 80 yeah and and still have episodes weekly <laughs> there's a world of movies out there yeah, we'll be in our 80s. Speaking of which, <laughs> all right, here's a trivia question for you. What is the name of the filmmaker who made three fan films? <laughs> Brandon Tabato? Oh, very good. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> anyway, he has uh, he's made feature length. Oh, no. Well, I might pick those for us to <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> They're on YouTube. Really? Yeah. All right. Something to look forward oh, to. Oh, God. <laughs> Actually, you know, I, I talk shit about that guy. Uh, I don't know him, obviously. But I went to his YouTube channel because I was looking him up the other day. Because yeah. I forgot. See if he's got some new stuff. And uh, he does got some feature link. But he's got a personal. It's his personal YouTube, right? So he mm. posts, like, personal videos. And he did have a child recently. So congratulations. Oh, congrats to him, man. You make, you make shitty fan <laughs> films, but, but congratulations on your child. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, if you want to contact the Swearwolves, you can contact us many different ways. Yeah. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, where we're the Swearwolves. We're also the Swearwolves on Facebook and the Slash Rap. We're the Swearwolves podcast on Instagram. We have the Swearwolves YouTube channel. You can go to theswearwolves.com uh, or you can email us at swearwolvespodcast at gmail.com. For the Swearwolves this week, I'm Brett. I'm David. I'm Alan. Thank you all for listening. And uh, here's to 100 more. Yeah. Bitch.
You take myself, you take my self-control. Oh. Oh. We ready? Y'all ready for this? <laughs> Welcome, yo, Phoenix Suns. Y'all ready for this? Yeah. <laughs> Dan Marley. <laughs> Dan Dude, why did like every like late 80s hip hop song have the Yeah? It's like yeah. early nineties too. Yeah. It was like yeah, it takes two to make a thing go right. I'm on base. I've got the to power. Get down. And you had uh, it was that sample was also in uh, Bust a Move, right? Yeah. What you want? You got it. In the city, ladies look pretty. <laughs> got to tell jokes so they can seem witty. They were, some blue <laughs> they were pretty much working with like you know the NBA. It's like uh, NBA is like, oh, we'll pay you a million bucks. We use a song. Yeah. Do it, yeah, and they would all use the same song. It takes two to make it out of sight, it takes two to make it thing all right. I'm not bass, and I came to get down. I'm not internationally known, but I'm known throughout the microphone. Marconi won. (laughs) What the fuck was that? It was a sneeze while trying to hold it. (laughs) Sounded like a fucking diarrhea fart. David died. Ah, I'm dead. David died. Hundredth episode. <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs>